movie called Freddy Got Fingered? Yeah. Um, Tom, Tom, uh, yeah, oh, it's going to be a bad day for me. Yeah. My brain is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom, his name starts, uh, Tom, Tom, this is the Tom Green. Tom Green. Tom yeah, Green. Tom mm-hmm. fucking Green. Yep. That movie was like. That was actually pretty, it was funny. It was a funny movie, but it was so weird bizarre well. yeah. and weird. Like, yeah. it's just like, what the fuck? He had the scene where he had the sausages hanging down from the ceiling. <laughs> Daddy, would you want some sausage? <laughs> it was, yeah, it's very weird show in yeah. the movie. Yeah. I got that. He's a weird dude. Oh, you know? yeah. He was dating. Is he still around? Uh, yeah, he's, he's alive, but I don't think he's around. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What was he dating? He was dating um, Drew Barrymore for a good long time. That must have been interesting. Have you heard that song on the radio that's about Drew Barrymore? There's a song in the radio about Drew Barrymore. Yeah, don't listen to the radio. I accidentally did that. What fucking year is it? <laughs> exactly. That's what I was wondering why it was popular. I was like, is that even like a cultural reference that people would get in 2018? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess like people our age would, but like... I guess. Is there anyone on like 15? No. That would know who Drew Barrymore is? Because like... like the, genuinely know who Drew Barrymore is? And it's in the middle of the hook. Like in the mm-hmm. chorus, it was like, because you're the next Drew Barry and I want more. That's a fucking great line in like... Eh. A really in, shitty way. In, in like 2005, no. I guess, yeah, with the, right. um, like Never Been Kissed or whatever, like her big movies were. Yeah. But like she hasn't had a big movie in forever. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, if you're trying to catch a 15-year-old, that line means nothing because yeah. they don't know Drew Barrymore's work and they don't know to connect a I want more to the Drew, Drew Barry Barrymore. part. Yeah, yeah, it's like, all right. That's weird. That's weird. Who, do you know who this is? No idea. Is? I accidentally listened to the radio and that <laughs> happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> accidentally. Uh, that's fucking great. Yeah, the radio sucks. Yeah, anyway, yeah. welcome back to the Fulfillment State Podcast, everybody. My name is Ryan Ritchie, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about the classic Shawshank Redemption. Hey. But before we do any of that, the ketchup. The mustard. Hey. Mustard. Mm. The whole, the whole All bit. the good stuff. You know the bit. Oh, yeah. And if you're not from here mm. and you don't know the bit, listen mm. to another episode, yep. learn the bit, and yes. then come back to this episode. Yes, do all of that. <laughs> do that. <laughs> so I, I went out to a, to a holiday Christmas party. No, it's a yeah, Christmas party. Yeah, you fucking did. You know, I was, I was like, I almost said, I said holiday party at yeah. first, you know, but because of the PC thing, you can't call it Christmas anymore. I don't believe in Christ, you know, but yeah, no. there was a Christmas tree. You know, so it was, it was a I mean, Christmas party. I mean, yeah, know? I mean, fuck the Jesus thing. Yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's a party. It was a party. It's a, ho- it's it, a holiday. It was party. a holiday party. Yeah, you know, but you know, all right. So we, it was oh, a, yeah. it was a uh, Yankee swap slash a white elephant okay, uh, party. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, so it's like you get fucked. So yeah. unless you um, so just the rules in case you never heard of this, um, you pick a, you take a number and then you choose a gift. So if you get number five, as soon as number five is called, you go take a gift. Yeah. Now, if any of the previous four people that went before you, if they have a nice gift that you want, you can just go take theirs <laughs> instead oh, sure. of getting a gift yourself right you know so um whoever's picking at the end <laughs> why is that called a yankee swap i don't know like I, what kind of racist ass bullshit I, did I, that start like i was my drunk ass was trying to figure it figure it out and i think it was it had to have something to do with the indians or something <laughs> jesus christ you know because i was thinking about like the uh, the term indian givers yeah. it's like you called them indian givers like you they didn't give you the land in the first place no you just kind of <laughs> you walked just, up and took, you it. took that and then no. they're asking for it back yeah and you're calling them indian givers so i'm and like then you give them smallpox and then give them the smallpox yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so i was like i was wondering if that yankee swap has anything to do with it it's like a swap that you're getting fucked out of you know type of thing but anyway i, I think so <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah it's like so if you're picking last and you get to pick your own thing but um it regardless of that had a really really good time i met someone for the second time mm-hmm. again met someone, okay so you met them the first time mm-hmm. and i reckon that you were both two blitz to so remember blitz. each other 
Soul Blitz. So <laughs> you met them again. I met them again. Cool. Do you remember them now? Yes, I remember okay, him. Cool. And you would love this guy, Brian. Mm-hmm. I sat and talked to him about you for like five minutes like you're my boyfriend. Oh, like, fuck it. <laughs> it was really nice, man. I'm into that. I'm going to tell you why, though. I'm going to tell you why. Because yeah. um, we talked, and like I said, I'm so blitz. It's, I'm, I'm listening to him. And I'm like, hold on, man. Are you are you Australian? He was like, he was like no, no, I'm Irish. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, how did I mess up that? You, you messed know? up really bad. Because yeah. they sound nothing alike. Nothing like it all, <laughs> nothing to like. And then um, I, I was so fucking funny. <laughs> so, so then he was like, um, "Have you have you seen a, a prop?" And I can't do an Irish accent, but he's like, when and apparently like in talking to him, it was like the more that I drink, then the more the accent is gonna come out. And he's not like an American Irish guy; he's actually from no, Ireland. He's like pro- proper Irish. Yes, he's from Ireland. Like yeah. he's here, he's only here for like a few weeks or whatever. But um, he was like, "Have you have you seen a proper Irish film?" And then I was like. Um, and like I said, I'm still, I, I'm fucked at this yeah. point. So it's like, I'm just trying to hurry up and think of something. And I was like, yes, but I don't think one that you would be proud of about. And it was Boondock Saints. Oh, the yeah. thing I was thinking about. And I was like, I don't know if you would call, call that a proper Irish film. Like you are the legitimate Irish yeah. guy. He was like, yeah, no. Like that's a, it's, it's all right. But if you want to see a really good movie that's Irish in Bruges. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Shout out to that fucking guy. Yep. As a I person. was talking to the, the girl that I'm seeing about that movie fucking yesterday, too. Yeah. I fucking love that shit. Hell yeah, man. Shout out to that guy. He, he was awesome. Like, so I, met him, I met him at a Halloween party. He was dressed as a priest, and he blessed me <laughs> with like some unholy water or whatever. <laughs> and that I, I, I forgot all about it until that. But yeah, we had a great, great conversation. He's awesome. hilarious. Hey, You're man. an inanimate fucking object. <laughs> One of my favorite fucking movies of all time. Hell yeah. God damn. Shout out to that guy. Hell yeah. He, he recommended a movie called The Guards. See, he was The Guards. The Guards and a movie called Intermission, I think it was. But I haven't seen any Me neither. They were really highly rated. They were like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, oh, if that it. means anything. He's got good taste. But yeah. yeah, he has good taste. Yeah, I guess yeah, he but knows he was... what he's fucking talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to get better at the accents. So yeah, I'm yeah. going to get down right offensive at one point. Nah, it's better um, than mine. <laughs> what you been up to? Shout out to that guy. Well, I've been, I graduated. Oh, officially. Not technically. I'm done. School's over. It is over. Like, not only is it over, it's just gone. Like, it's it's just just gone. (laughs) Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. So, like, I graduated, and Mm. then they just fucking closed. The school is vanished, yeah. It's like, you can't come back. You're you're done. (laughs) So, that's it. I have no school anymore. Yeah. Literally. And I feel good about it. I feel good about it. I graduated. I got my degree. Hell yeah. I I was thinking and just reflecting back and shit. Yeah. And then I realized three really awesome things. I am... A professional, ow, oh, I am a professional writer. Yes. Uh, I've gotten paid to do writing. Mm-hmm. I am a professional video editor. Mm-hmm. I've gotten paid, paid to do it. video editing. Uh-huh. And I am a professional graphic designer. You have been paid to, yes, definitely. Because uh, I have definitely been paid to Hell do yeah. graphic design. Oh, yeah. And album cover design mm-hmm. and art direction. So I am all of those five things. Yes. And I didn't realize that until like I was just reflecting on the shit yeah. that I do pretty yeah. consistently. So that felt pretty fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I just got to get paid for them again. That's that's one of the weird things. It's like what I had to struggle with while well, I just now got my goddamn degree you know, <laughs> a couple of years ago. The struggle with it is when you know how talented you are and the skills that you already have mm-hmm. and then you don't have a piece of paper to validate you. Right. It's like you had all those skills when I met you, you know, four years ago or so. Yeah, like right. all the skills now. But it's just like now you can walk into an office and say, hey, I have this piece of paper. Yeah. You know, as this opposed to my skill set. I yeah. learned it. Yep. Yeah. I already knew how to do it anyway, but you weren't going right. to take me at face value. So here you go, you fuck. $84,000, you piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck. I hope that's the salary I get. (laughs) It's not going to be the salary. Eventually. Um, But yeah, no, I graduated. Done with that. That's a chapter of my life. Close that page of the chapter. 
And uh, honestly, it was the best and the worst of times. I hated a lot of it, and mm. I loved a lot of it, and I'm like really happy with the way it went out. Yeah. Not with the not the way the corporation shut it down, but the way that it socially went out. Like everybody mm. at school that was left um, got together. We hugged it out. We played Smash Brothers. I just mm. came out. Um, yeah. Then I went out for drinks uh, with some of my close mates, mm. and uh, it was fucking great. It was fucking great. It was a good Thursday. It was a good last day. And they, they changed the school to um to being like private to it and it accredited. So now it's like your credits can transfer to any fucking where you want to. So that's yeah, pretty awesome. It's, it's a huge clusterfuck. Mm. It is a huge clusterfuck of things. Became a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, it. I mean, it definitely helped for me because like yeah. I didn't want to have to. You can only go to certain schools when mm-hmm. those uh, classes weren't accredited. So it's like now I can that's transfer right. them anywhere. So that's, that's helping true. out a lot. I do like that. That's pretty good. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll probably I'll probably go for a master's in writing at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah, yeah. Will not do it in the next two years. I mean, it takes some time. Fuck school. Yeah. I really, genuinely, legitimately hate school. Yeah. I am not a good student. You I graduated. Am sh- I am a shite student. I get. I do the work. I yeah. get good grades. Yeah. I will not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I want to do it for you, and mm-hmm. I will challenge your authority as a teacher. Yeah. You nine times out of ten, you will not like me as a student. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did it. It's done. Yeah. That was great. Had to deal with that emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, went on a second date um, with Annie. And oh, shit, we got a name great. now. We got a name, right. and it's fucking great. All right. And uh, she listens to the podcast, so mm. shout out to you, Annie. It's good, Annie. Uh, so, and Annie that Hall. Went, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that went fucking great. Nice. And having a good time okay. with that, so I've been really happy. Yeah. It, was a, it was a bittersweet week, because yeah. Friday and Saturday they were fucking amazing, and then Thursday was like low-key sad, but like... In a good way, it's just, okay. it's just been an, an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, roughly. And uh, I've been in that. But I feel good. I'm going to have a lot more energy now. So I'm going to reorganize the studio so that it looks like a proper studio. All right. Make it look nice and proper. I got some, uh, some fucking soundproof foam. I've seen that, yeah, last week, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to make that happen soon. And I don't know, just kind of like figure out what to do from there. Get a job, get paid for editing, yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Um, try not to kill myself. I mean, yeah. I mean, do your best. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually doing really well, so I think I'll be all right. Cool. Hell yeah. Um, Focusing a lot more on the writing thing now that I have a lot more energy. Yeah. That gay romance that I've been writing for Mm -hmm. like four years, I think I finally figured out what it's actually about. And it's not about the gay romance. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm really happy with that. So I'm in the character layering portion of that project where I'm like building my character's relationships Mm -hmm. and what their thematics are and like how they marry each other and what it means for the story and all yeah. that shit. Um, so doing a lot of thinking on that. And it's been fun. Hell it's yeah. been a lot of fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, I'm, and I want to I want to finish kidding. Mm-hmm. So I haven't finished it. Oh, um, I've, I've three, three episodes I didn't yeah. finish it either on Showtime. I got to fucking binge that shit because yeah. I really do think it's great. I, I started watching again um, the anime... Um, um, What's my goddamn book? Boku, Boku, uh, no, you my, my hero academia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started back She's watching that. Lit. Man, I love that. Like I took so I took good. a little break because I wanted to binge for a while, mm-hmm. but I'm back to where um, um, All Might is trying to tell him that he can't just be he can't just mimic All Might. He has to find his own way to adapt the powers for himself. So um, he he started he he got a uh, he got a uniform to where they kind of like modded it out for him. Mm-hmm. So now he kicks the shit out of everything. Yeah, he can go, like, full cow. Yeah, yeah. He can go full cow and just use him boots and kick some shit or whatever. He's got so, the like, Thames. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I just I'm I'm loving I love the story. Like I would like that's to see really this in, in the big screen Have at some point. Have you seen the Bakugo versus Deku fight yet? No, that's okay. that's I've seen the uh, the picture for it. So that's like four episodes from okay. where I'm at. But yeah, gotcha. Yeah. That fight fucking just gave me a hard on in terms oh, of like man. animation. It okay. was so polished. 
Does, it was so pretty. Does he use the uh, his AP attack on him? They they because they, they were just oh yeah AP shot uh, mm-hmm. not 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 in Deku okay but he uses it later he uses it in a couple of fights they they yeah. foreshadowed it like twice in one episode mm-hmm. that I'm watching so I'm like this is gonna be coming back like, and I, I want to see screen, it like AP shot <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so like that man can kill somebody oh, like yeah. straight up fucking murk a man yep <laughs> yeah. I love the shit out of the anime I'm Me so too. excited for season four same. I've been reading the manga after because I benched it not too long ago either. Like I like to build up a season and then yeah. just blah. Oh yeah. And like just so fucking. It's good really good. And I like that a lot. And like the animation is gorgeous. Yeah. Cannot stand by it. You know what I'm fucking excited for? What's that? Two things that I'm very excited for: uh-huh. Spider Man into the Spider Verse, oh, yeah. um, which I do want to go see. Yep. And then that fucking Dragon Ball Super Broly movie that's when coming When are we in? getting that? That we get it in January. Okay. January 16th. They got it like now, don't they? Yeah, it's like it's released in some places, but it's unlimited release. Yeah. Um the last time I checked, we get it in like January 16th. Mm. And I am fucking I can't wait. ready oh my to see my beefy boys kick some beefy boy ass. Hell yeah. Like that is gonna be like screaming and yeah. fucking Kamehameha's. And this movie makes Broly canon. Yes. And not only does it make Broly canon, guess who else it makes fucking canon? Who? My boy fucking Gogeta. Oh. Go fucking Gogeta is canon. Oh, Gogeta was only part of the um, the Dragon Ball, um, not, not Z. It was part of the, wasn't it GT? Wasn't it was GT. GT yeah. And then it was the Janemba movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like not It wasn't canon, official canon. Not yeah. official. Yeah. Uh, That's now they're dope. fucking canon. Yeah. And we got Super Saiyan Blue Gogeta. Mm. And I am fucking That's gonna be nice. ready. Yeah. I am so excited. Ooh. You have no idea. I can't wait for it's that. It's like it's gonna be so good. And my boy Goku and Vegeta looking icy as fuck Hell in those yeah. jackets. Oh. And then Vegeta going Super Saiyan God, fuck me up. That's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Gonna like be I'm great. like, like see, like I don't like I, what I love about the anime is like that you'll get like so much exposition and so much downtime, and then you'll get the fighting. Yep. But then when you get these specials, you don't have to deal with all of the exposition. Is just like, nope, this is a special. <laughs> yeah. You're here for the ass kicking. <laughs> You're here for <laughs> you it. Know? You want to see some beefy boys hit each other, yep. and we're gonna give you that. Yeah. I'm gonna give you the beef. Yeah. I'm uh, down for that. I'm super excited. I've been trying to like dictate like what. Like, an anime episode has a certain aesthetic, and then an anime film mm, has yeah. another aesthetic. And sure you can enough. clearly tell Definitely. which one's a movie, which one's an episode. Yep. And I don't, I'm trying to figure out, like, what, what's that line. Mm. And I, I think it's the aspect ratio. Is it? I think it's the aspect. I think because most anime is done 16 by 9 right. now. Yeah. Uh, it used to be 4 by 3. But now it's 16 by 9. But I think when they shift to a film... They do a 2.35 aspect ratio. And just makes it look that... And I think it, it, it gives it that cinematic polish mm. that it needs. And I'm convinced that that's it. I don't know if I like that polish as much as, like, the grit from the, like, the anime series type, I agree. I, you know? I kind of almost want, like, if they're going to do that polish for the special, like, yeah. want them to give me that polish the, All the time, the then. Yeah, yeah. Like, if that's like, kind of Just continuity-wise, yeah. Or just shooting uh, just like animate in 16 by 9 either way yeah but i think that for that cinematic content they do a 2.35 aspect ratio or 2.39 i think that's a standard okay uh and i think that's it and i'm gonna investigate that shit because i think it's fucking fascinating oh yeah um but yeah no i'm excited as fuck for the dragon ball super movie yeah it's just gonna be awesome and then i gotta binge watch like fucking eight movies yeah oh uh, yeah before like like (laughs) next week yeah (laughs) yeah So I'm really excited to finally catch Bo Burnham's movie, mm-hmm. uh, First Man. Yeah. Uh, the new Emma Stone movie that just came out. Oh yeah, the favorite uh, or um, Roma? wasn't it Roma? Oh no, that she's in Roma. Yeah, she's in. I think she is. Roma is, is the, uh, the, the black and white Hispanic uh, movie on Netflix. Oh, are you talking about the uh, you talking about the period period piece? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. one with the queen. Is yeah. that uh, is yeah. that the the yeah. favorite? 
That one. one, yeah. The one, the new one by Barry Jenkins. I want to catch. Okay. Um, it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I think that, that's about it. I just, I went on a really good date. Nice. And it's going well. Yeah. yeah. And uh, graduated. Yeah. Have a degree, so now I have to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Just an emotional roller coaster. I'm fucking around. Yeah, it don't stop. The no. roller coaster stays and keeps going. Can't stop. How do you, uh, my last thing, how do you feel about, um, like, uh, me and my girlfriend, we talk about haggling on stuff, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll buy something from Amazon, and we'll just send that thing right back like it's in Walmart. <laughs> you know, it's like, we, we, we coupon stuff, we groupon. Mm-hmm. We just try to haggle and save as much money as possible. Yeah. Now, where my line for this comes is for things that are creative or art. You know, so one of my friends, he um, he does like acrylic painting mm-hmm. and he, he drew this or painted this, this picture. And I really, really liked it, yeah. you know, and then I was like, how much did you sell this for? And he gave me a number. Right. And then I was like, OK, you know what? Yeah. I, no, I, you take that number. Yeah. The number that the artist yes. gives you, you take that. Exactly. Number. I was like, I was like, yes. I was like, OK. Yeah. And then my group was like, you know, you could have got that for a lot cheaper. I'm like, I know I could have, yeah. you know, but it was like, it's not the point with like with when, with creative things. It's a little bit different for me. It's like I don't want to haggle you and see if I can save some money on this. Right. You know? you know, for me, it's like I don't want to undervalue the work that they put. The into work. That yes. Thing, you know? yeah. if they think it's worth two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Then it's worth it's worth that. dollars. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what. It, so yeah, I don't haggle for creative stuff. Same. Hell it's yeah, like man. That shit's just kind of like, oh, you want two fifty? If I can afford it, I'll buy it. Exactly. Yeah, you know, that's kind of my jam. Yeah. So are you hanging up the painting now? I did. I put it up. Nice. Hell Fuck yeah. Yeah, I yeah I'll, I'll show you a picture of it as soon as we get done. But oh yeah. Um, yeah, no, I've never haggled for anything creative. No. Like my friends just go like, all right, that's what you want for it. I'll give you that. Hey. Sometimes I even tip. Yeah. Like, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Like if they ask me for an amount that I think is not. Yeah. Then you'll the give amount, a little more. Yeah. Then I'll give them the amount that I think is right, and I just. Treat us a tip. Real shit. Um, yeah, support your creative people. Buy their shit. Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> we appreciate it, man. Really do. Um, yeah, I don't think... I haven't seen anything in particular. Yep. Um, I started... I watched a couple of minutes of the new Sabrina show on Netflix. Oh, the Teenage Witch one, yeah. Yeah. The color grading is really interesting. That's all I got about it so far. Okay. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, I haven't seen any um, of that. I heard the uh, Charmed came back, speaking of witches, but I heard... Uh, Charmed came back? Yeah. But like they don't a have... remake or... There's a remake with oh. none of the original people in it, so... Oh. I'm not doing that. That's weird. Yeah. Charmed was a weird show. I like I Charmed know. a lot. but I, I, I did too, but it was weird. I don't, I don't know if it was just because like the time it was came on and I was like going through puberty and I just really found like all of them super attractive. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, that yeah. is a strong possibility. Yeah. 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 Haunting of Hill House. Have you seen that? No, I heard that was all right on Netflix. No. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the first episode. Mm. Thought it was good. Okay. Um, don't know if I'm going to finish it, but thought it was good. All right. But anyway, that's it. Anything else? That's it, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's all we got. So we're going to cut, and then we're going to talk about uh, Shawshank Redemption. All right, you ready? Welcome back. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. All right. uh, The Shawshank Redemption is rated R. It came out in 1994. It's listed as a drama with a runtime of two hours and 22 minutes. Uh, the rundown is Andy Dufresne, played by, played by Tim Robbins, is sentenced to two consecutive life terms in prison for the murder of his wife and her lover and is sentenced to a tough prison. However, only Andy knows he didn't commit the crimes. While there, he forms a relationship with Red, played by Morgan Freeman, experiences brutality of prison life, adapts, and helps the warden, etc., all in 19 years. It's a directed by Frank Darabont. It's written by Stephen King. Well, the book well, is the original. original book, yeah. yeah. And the, uh, the screenplay is uh, adapted and written by Frank Darabont. It stars Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman, and Bob Gunn. Bob Gunn is the warden, I reckon? I assume that's who he yeah. was. Yeah. Um, I've never seen this movie, surprisingly. I remember you. Yeah, I, remember, yeah. Uh, I have it on DVD because someone gave it to me yeah. like three years ago. 
And I saw that and I popped it in. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why. I fucking... There's, there's like, um, there's, well, I guess Morgan Freeman reinvents this, um, this God voice, you know, that narrator every like 10 years or whatever. Cause like, I didn't recognize him. All right. Hold your horses out there. Should close that window. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> yeah, but um, he he had a, he had a movie early on that uh, put him on the scene called uh, Driving Miss Daisy, and that's the youngest you'll ever see Morgan Freeman. But he looks exactly the damn same as he does right he now. Was like fifty, right? Yeah, I mean, even back then, yeah. But it's like this movie here, like um, this came out in nineteen ninety four, still looks like an old ass Morgan Freeman. <laughs> still a regular. Morgan Freeman has always looked like an old Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah <laughs> always. So it's like seeing him in, in this the same way, but um. But yeah, Tim. I mean, it's, it's just he—he he has that that voice. Yeah, he, <laughs> he just has that voice. Like, he's like, he did it unless at nineteen. Looks the way he said that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I I I love Morgan Freeman. Yeah. I love Tim Robbins. I don't think he gets enough credit. He doesn't. I uh. think Tim Robbins is a fantastic. Like I thought he was like a bootleg Matt Damon at first. Mm. Um, like the first time I saw him. What okay. was the first movie we watched with him? Um, we only did one with him. It was the um, uh, Hot, uh, Hot Sucker Proxy. Proxy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I first saw him in that, I thought he was like a bootleg Matt Damon. First, yeah. then he impressed me in that movie. Yeah. But I just really, really love him in this movie. Oh, like, yeah. He just this carries the whole fucking thing. Like, sure it's amazing. Does. Yeah. Um, of course, I, I absolutely love this movie. Okay, yeah. I think it's one of the most... Um, I think it's a courageous movie mm. because it asks a lot of the audience. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's asking you to sit through an hour and 40 minutes mm. of, like, nothing but character development. Yeah. Like, nothing but character Very stuff. Very true, yeah. And, like, sure, things happen in between them and you get kind of, like a glimpse of, like, the daily routine life, and you mm. kind of get settled in that, and mm. yada, yada, yada. But it's still an hour and 40 minutes where nothing really happens. Not at all, yeah. Like, it's just people living in prison. Yep. And then at the end of the movie, that's when they just throw everything at you. Oh, yeah. So it's a lot of build-up, mm. and it's building up for so long. And then if that payoff didn't work, mm. this was going to be such be a flat. bad movie. Yeah. Would have landed so badly, oh, but yeah. it fucking did, and yeah. it landed, and it was gorgeous. The, for the first time, and and seeing this, like I've grew up watching it so many times, but never watching it analytically. Mm-hmm. For the first time, I, I recognized it as a book. Right. Yeah. The, for the very first time, like it was always a movie, but like how how detailed it is, like you said, character development, and how slow it was, the pacing of it. Like it didn't like lull you to sleep with the pace, but it's just like you said, an hour and forty some odd minutes of just trying to get to know every single character, and there's a lot of them. Oh yeah. <laughs> you there's, know, there's a lot. You know, it's not not just getting to know Andy Dufresne, not just getting to know Red. There's a number of people in in that prison cell, and we know we get to know at least three or four yeah, of I them mean, pretty well. We Haywood Brooks. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Those are characters that really stand out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the kid that got shot, Tom. That was sad. You know, that was that was really sad. So like, but they spent a lot of time putting you in a comfortable space yeah. with all of these characters. Yeah. And I think that the movie really excels at. Because what was the movie that we watched? That was a Prison Break movie with um, uh, Robert cool Redford. Cool Hand Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a Prison Break movie, but that movie yeah. was always there was always something happening. Yeah. Like every night, he would try to get something oh, yeah. happening. He would have a conflict all the time. time. But in this movie, there's a lot of days where they're just talking. Mm-hmm. And they just play chess yeah. and they go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. And, like, to make that interesting as a filmmaker, like, you have to have a real great understanding of structure yeah. to make that worth the payoff at the yeah. end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love how, like, I love Tim Roman's performances. He was, was so cold and analytical and quiet mm-hmm. and sort of. And they even tell you in, the, in like, the narration of Morgan Freeman at the beginning mm-hmm. when he starts explaining what. what um, Andy was Andy what the fuck was Andy Dufresne Dufresne yeah um, he started, they started explaining to you what he is and mm. how he was and how he started interacting with people yeah 
And then it shifts, when he starts becoming part of the group, it shifts from a narration type of explanation mm. to just seeing him interact with the group. Yep. And then when he fucks off out of prison, then you, you start explaining everything. Yeah. Uh, again, in narration. Yep. Because the POV character is definitely red. Yeah. But, the, but uh, actually, he's the protagonist goes, too. Yeah. Um, Tim Robbins is honestly the antagonist because he's the one he's that not, teaches he's red. T- t- yeah, and yeah. changes red. Yeah. He's the one that changes red's philosophy. On life. That, this, this, this is my point that I was coming in with is the uh, the love, the uh, the hope aspect. Oh, yeah. You know, they're going back and forth, and that is the thing that changed. Like oh, red had lost all of his hope, yep. and you know that's. But anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, but that, no, 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 he definitely is the uh, the protagonist. Because I mean. Freaking Andy, he's he's just changing him, and usually we look at an antagonist as someone that is negative or bad or a villain. yeah, that is opposing yeah. Off the main yeah. guy. Exactly, mm-hmm. but it's like in this case, it's like he is the opposition, but is for the betterment of you know, yeah, yeah. Red. for the yeah. betterment of both of those characters, both of them, yeah. And like I like a thing that I really really loved is their friendship, how their friendship developed. Mm. It was very organic. Yeah, it was very pleasant to watch. Yeah, and you could tell that their performance, they got closer. Too, as I started working more and more on these mm-hmm. characters too, yeah. and like I know that that's not literally what happened, mm. but as seeing Morgan Freeman, who's such a talented actor, with Tim Robbins, who is also such a talented actor, mm. for them to be able to tailor their performances to shoot the level of friendship that they were shooting in that day, yeah, it's amazing because when you you watch it cohesively, it just reads like. Yeah, of course, that happened chronologically. That's that's super awesome. Like, you point that out, like, as actors, you know, because, you know, you've shot, I mean, you've, we both went to film school, so it's like, you know, it's like looking at a script, you're not shooting it from page one till the last page. Right, yeah. You know, so as actors, when they're looking at that, it was like, all right, we're on page 200, you know, we're in the middle. This is where your, your friendship should be today. Right. Then, like, oh, today we're shooting this, a scene from the very beginning of it. You guys don't know each other very well. Do your thing. And sometimes you shoot one scene from the very part of the script, and mm-hmm. then you shoot another part from the very beginning of same the day on the same day and, yep. I th- and that's fucking insane yep. like and I and like Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins their relationship stayed consistent throughout the entire fucking film yeah and then and consistently expanding on it yep. you know and, and it was a beautiful thing to watch I in agree terms with of performances oh yeah um, in terms of writing I also think it was fantastic oh my well god written. yes oh yes it was so good very like, good writing narration is hard to get right especially yeah. for this kind of movie yep because narration for Fight Club, but Fight Club uses a narration technique that's mm. very specific. Yeah. It's very tonally aggressive. Mm. But this one is very, hey, this is just what happened, man. <laughs> there's, there's very few movies with narrators that I can get behind. Yeah. You know, like this this is one of them. Like, I, I really enjoy it. And on top of that, you just got Morgan Freeman's soothing voice <laughs> yeah, over right. top of this whole movie. So, I mean... I don't know, it's, it's a movie that I, that I don't, don't just really enjoy because it's a good movie. Also, just like the storytelling in it. Like I said, it's one of the best well-written movies of the past 100 years, I feel like. Yeah, I think you so. I think, I think this movie is amazingly well-written, oh. well-structured. Yeah. And then everything that is set up is paid off later. Who would you say is your favorite character of the movie? <sighs> Brooks. Brooks? I think Brooks. Like, Brooks, like Brooks apart the old from, guy? Yeah, the old okay, guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Apart from... Um, like Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman, it yeah. has to be Brooks. Okay. I just related to him. Yeah. I don't know why. I can see that. Um, but the passage of time is also really... I know we're kind of jumping on over no, the No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot to talk about this film. Oh, yeah. That it does really well. The passage of time right. is really, really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Because we first meet... The first time Tim Robbins talks or Andy Dufresne talks mm-hmm. to any other group, um, Brooks has a baby bird in his jacket. Yep. And then he feeds that baby bird a maggot that he found in, in, in his food. Yeah. food. And then we never see that baby bird again. No, not really. 
uh, until uh, until Andy Dufresne gets transferred to the library mm-hmm. where he's keeping the prison's books. Yeah. And then he says hello to the bird, who's now a big ass fucking. He's crown. a big bird, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just kind of like, oh fuck, that's a nice way to like put that clock. Time in management, there. yeah. You know, it's been a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then, or just in, in like a couple of lines for this, goes like, well, there goes my last six, six years or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like shit like that. Putting the clock on a prison sentence mm-hmm. is really, really, really important because part of the tension comes from how long each of those people have been in there. That's, and I really liked it. Just, I mean, just to even break it down uh, mm-hmm. super simple for people, if you know, like understanding what he's saying, like with that clock, mm-hmm. I mean, just imagine you're, you're smoking a cigarette that you just now lit the cigarette, the camera goes away, you come back and now you see the person putting the cigarette out, you know, just to make it simple for people. So you're just saying that in your mind, you know how much time has passed because how long does it take to smoke a cigarette? A couple minutes. You know, so it's like when you see the growth of that bird from seeing it the first time to seeing the size that it is now, like you said, it's just great just having that clock and then... It's, it's just so simple for the audience to be able to understand, too. Yeah. And then do these really subtle things for, like, we know that he was there for 19 years. And yeah. at the end of his lifetime, he starts looking a little bit more. Like, they may, they do make him look older. Yeah. Like, Morgan Freeman, Definitely. not so much. Morgan no. Freeman, he just he looked old. Much, anyway. yeah. But Tim Robbins, I really Definitely. want you to expand on the fact that he has spent a great portion of his life inside of here. Yeah. And so they give him gray hairs. They give him wrinkles under the yeah. eyes. So he's wearing the glasses more. Slick back, yeah. Uh, my, one of my favorite touches is that he starts reading letters from afar mm-hmm. at halfway through the film, yeah. reading things from afar. And it's just like those tiny little details just really give you a really good idea mm. of where the passage of time is in the movie oh, yeah. and how it affects the story. Yeah. You know? And and I think it, I think it's fucking genius of Frank Darabont. Is that uh, the, Darabont, yeah. Darabont? Yeah. I think it's fucking genius Darabont. of him to inject that much detail into things that realistically you could get away without doing, yeah. but having them really just give you that nice little like polish. Oh okay? yeah, and uh, I I really like really like that element of the film. What did you think about the um, one of my favorite scenes in there is when he takes the record and he decides that it's worth it. This yeah. is totally worth it. I don't care what the consequences is, and and it's it's a it's a weird feeling because you he's built up trust. You know he's yeah. built up trust with the guards to where it's like he's not. I believe this might even be after he's not getting like gang raped anymore. Yeah, yeah, you no, know? yeah. No, it's like totally he, after. Yeah, it's like he's he's gained some 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 rapport, some trust with some of the guards. One of the guards is in there with him. He goes to the bathroom. I mean, you can just tell the way they're talking to each other that they're kind of all right. Mm-hmm. You know, so um even so after all of this and it's all settled now. He locks the guy inside the bathroom, locks the door, and he's like, it is totally worth it just for me to have. Not not just for me. And this is why I love his character so much. Same, same. You know, is that it wasn't about him. It was for everybody, that mm-hmm. everybody could enjoy that, that everyone could have something. You know, so he's like, he's, he's playing that music and it's just like, and plays it through the speaker so everybody could hear it. I guess like when I'm younger, I looked at that as like just being rebellious. Mm-hmm. Like you're taking my freedom away from me. You're taking my control from right. me. Now I want to be able to be in control of something. And it's like, maybe it's a little bit of that, but even more so now I'm just looking at it as just like is that you took something from me but it's just like this is something we can control and yeah. he says something about it within the um in there he's like it's the beauty it's the beauty of music they can't get that from you have, have you ever felt that way about music and rest like i played a mean harmonica when i was a younger man i lost interest in it though it don't make much sense here much sense here and andy's like here's where it makes the most sense you need it so you don't forget right you know so it's like he's just trying to spread hope i mean it's it's such a, a shit situation for someone who didn't commit the crime. Yep. 
yep. and it's here. And when you talk about that uh, that report that they're building through the um, through the movie, mm-hmm. the first time that he comes up to him and asks him to buy like the little rock a pick or yeah, something like little, that. Uh, it's like a it's a, a pickaxe for rocks. Like, like a pickaxe, pick, yeah. yeah, yeah. Rock and, hammer, uh, rock hammer. Oh yeah. And he's like, he's like he asks him, "What do you think about me?" Uh, Andy asks him that. He was like, "Well, I haven't quite figured that out yet. I don't know about you yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still thinking about it." You know. Then the next interaction, they're talking with each other, and then he was like, "Hey, I want to ask you a serious question because they've been hanging out for a little while." And then he was like, "So, did you do it? You know, did you really, you know, kill your wife?" And you can tell they're still not there yet because yeah. Andy was like, "Hey, I didn't do it. You know, nobody, everybody in here is innocent. Like, right. they're still not quite breaking the barrier yet." And it's just then you get there a little bit further, you know, to the harmonica, and then to um, him being tossed inside the uh, the hole for two months straight, mm-hmm. and everyone is just coming out here and, and getting and getting these rocks for him, or him having the uh, the balls to go up and stand up to not the warden, what's the uh, like a correctional officer? I guess cap- the captain, captain guy. Yeah, yeah the uh, the balls to go up to him, you know, and damn near got. Oh my God! How this movie was set up, I, I love so much because it puts you in the mind frame of the imminent just danger and doom and hopelessness that can be there, you know, for you. Yeah, the the, the, the thing that happened the first first night. night. Yeah. First night, you know, the very very first night, they're doing the the fish, fish, fresh fish. Everybody's coming in there, and then the uh, this one guy, he's crying. They they're baiting people. I mean, they're mm-hmm. just they're trying to have some terrible shit fun. But um, they they finally baited this guy. He's crying. He wants his mom. He wants to get out. He doesn't deserve to be there. Police officer comes or the captain comes over and beats the entire shit out of him. Yep. And not not only just like beats the shit out of him, it's just like, like I said, just put yourself in the mind frame. If you're a prisoner there, he was beaten, then just left there overnight. And died. Yep. You know, just just there, just left there. So it's just like anyone there, that can just be you. You know, you're not going to just talk some shit, get your ass whooped, but do you feel like you have a certain amount of rights to where it's just like it's not going to go too far? Right. It can definitely go there. You know, so um, when you're when you're in tense scenes, like uh, when Andy is up against the uh, the girly twins, whatever they call them, the... Um, oh, yeah, the, the sisters? Yeah, the sis, Yeah, whatever they call Yeah, the sisters. Mm-hmm. They call them sisters, yeah. When he's in that situation, it's like you can... He knows he can definitely die and it's no... No, nothing can happen. No, nothing you know? can, yeah. And the fact that he's still able to stand up for himself is like uh, the guy, I think I wrote the quote down, something about, oh, say, now, now I'm going to open my fly and you're going to swallow what I give you to swallow. And after you swallow mine, you're going to swallow roosters, roosters too because you done broke his nose. And I think he ought to have something to show yeah. for it. And it's like anything you put in my mouth, you're going to lose. <laughs> you know. And then he shows him this, this like ice pick. And it's like, yeah, but if you do, I'm going to jam this ice pick directly in your ear you know, and kill you. So it's like, again, back to like Andy Dufresne's just like a state of mind. He knows that that very much can happen. Yeah. It's like, he's saying, you put your dick in my mouth, I'm going to bite that shit off. He's like, oh, well, I'm going to kill you. It's like, hey, well, go ahead. Right, yeah. I mean, call, call him the bluff, but it's just like, that's a shit situation to where it's like, this isn't a bluff. Like, I can be dead. <laughs> you know, yeah. I can really be dead. And that, um, so just going back to that situation on top of the roof when they're tarring the, the roof, mm-hmm. when he goes up to the captain and just to say anything, the captain drags him all the way over to the roof, you know, ready to drop him. He will drop your ass. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? No problem. Like, <laughs> He sure will, you know. So it's like for him to have the balls to do that, or just the uh, the guts, I'd rather say, mm-hmm. to to do something like that. And then later on, like I said, inside there with the record is just over and over and over again. He shows that he has something that is just drawing everyone to him, and it's not yeah. for selfish reasons. There's something, yeah. There's something consistently like anti-authoritative about him, mm-hmm. but also like that brings hope to the other people yeah. around him. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a defiance that's just enough. To make people want to rally up behind them. Yeah. And I really liked it because uh, Morgan Freeman has a couple of narration lines where he just goes like, 
You know, and he is... He just sat us there with a smile on his face, watching us drink his beer. Yeah. And I think, like, it, some people would say that he did it to build a rapport with the cops or to build friendships with us. Mm. But I think he just wanted to feel like a free man, even if just for a short while. Yeah. And then back in the, again, in the record scene, mm. uh, when he does that, the narration otherwise goes like, and then for, like, that one song, every single man in Shawshank felt a free man. Yeah. And, like, that's the, I think that's the the idea that, like, Tim Robbins' character is trying to portray it's just like we're all prisoners, but there's no reason that we shouldn't feel free yeah. by hoping and Hope. like by holding on to the things that we know are outside. Yeah. And there's a real like there's a real thematic narrative about the institu- institutionalization mm-hmm. of a person there and the desire to get out. So Tim Robbins was always fighting against this idea that you will be institutionalized. Yeah. And you will be here so long that you won't be able to know what to do. Yep. Um, once you get out, yeah. but and, and we got to see an example of that. Yeah, with Brooks. Me. Yeah, and and that was a really sad example. Oof. I felt really bad. Yeah. Um, so like th- those thematics play really well with the idea that Tim Robbins is such a cool, calm, and collected, smart guy. Yeah. That he he's fighting against that yeah. all of the time, even when he's so close to breaking. Mm. When he finds out that Tom got shot because he, so I guess we should explain that little mm. thing. Um, so Tom, a uh, cocky kid, yep. got arrested mm-hmm. um, for breaking and entering, yep. and they liked him immediately. Mm-hmm. And then Tim Robbins, at this point, uh, he built a library in the prison yeah. by just persistently... Sending a letter sending every single week, <laughs> yeah. every week for years, to two years for that one. It was six years, years for the, the first end, one. The, the, you know, I thought it was two years no. when they gave him like $200. Then after six years, it's like, we're going to give you $500 every year or something like that. No, it was six years for the For the first bucks. time. Okay. Right. And then after that, he wrote two letters every that's, week. Okay. And they gave him the 500 okay. in two years. There we go. Um, so, like, that, that's not a thing. Like, his persistence as a oh, character yeah. yes. is really presented in the mm. narrative by doing those little details. Yeah. Of like, yeah, he wrote a letter every week. Every yeah, week. And, and it sets you up because those characters are the things, those characteristics mm. Are the things that come back when he finally it breaks up? Mm-hmm. Like you, we see, he gets the hoard, the rock hammer yep. at the beginning of the film, yep. and then at the end of the film, nineteen years later, that's the same exact rock hammer that Resilience. he used to cut himself out of there. It yep. took him, you know, and like I like I like those characteristics of him. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like that, that hope. I mean, resilience mm-hmm. and hope. There's yeah. uh, something that Red says to him. He's like, let me tell you something, my friend. Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. And it's just like he's seen so many people, you know, because Red had been in there for quite a while, you know. for I was there for 30. Like, yeah, he was, yeah, he was there for 30. So it's like he had been there for a good amount of time before Andy had even gotten there. Mm-hmm. So it was just like people with hope, they believe that something good is going to happen. They're thinking something's going to happen. And when you have those kind of expectations and then they don't, you know, they're not met. It drives you freaking crazy. Then you mm-hmm. do crazy shit. And that's what he's telling him there, there now. But Andy, he's taking a little bit of something that, that is told to him at the end. is um, the, the get, busy, get busy living or get busy dying. Mm-hmm. That's a super big quote from, uh, from this movie. Fucking quoted everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But um, he's taking that quote from him, you know, because he's not trying to get busy dying. He doesn't want to be hopeless and just sit in jail and rot away. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get busy living. So he has a quote to, to Red. He's saying, remember, Red, hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things and no good thing ever dies. Right. You know, because he's he's actively being a part of it, trying to take control of his own life. And like I said, that resilience of 19 years. Cooking the books for like 15 of those years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then like setting himself up with a, with a fake identity mm-hmm. while he's doing all of that. Like oh, that yeah. was pretty goddamn clever. Hell yeah. I mean, he had time. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did nothing but time. Yeah. Man. 
Um, uh, what, what I really liked about it too is mm-hmm. um is when you have those conversations, like there's there's no cell phones, there's not so many added distractions mm-hmm. to where you're just right in front of a person, you're talking, and you're gonna remember it, you yeah. know. And um, they had the conversation about, damn, my memory's not good enough to remember it, but um, he was saying um, about where in Mexico, where he wanted yeah, to set it up. Si Juana Tejo. I can't say it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, <laughs> if in the, that, it's not like he wrote that down to him. It's, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, this is the place, wrote it down. It's not like he, it's just, you had a conversation with someone. Hey, do you remember when I said this? And if he didn't remember, yeah, that, then it's just, hey, well, my friend's gone. I'll never see him again. <laughs> yeah. I can't search the entire, you know, country of Mexico for him. Right. But it's just, I, I love that earlier on, they had all of that foreshadowing, you know, that... It's, it's so much better on the second time around, even, mm-hmm. you know, because they set up so many things that if you're not like super paying attention to, you don't realize that this movie has been taking place on the, in the front and in the back, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense at all. You know, because all the things that the Andy is doing that we don't know about until the end. Until the very end. There's a whole nother story that's taking place mm-hmm. that we're not seeing in the forefront. And it's just, I love it so much knowing that those things are happening on the back end, yep. you know, while we're watching. And that while they're happening, like we clearly could have known that they were like they could have been presented to us as an A and a B story yeah that clearly could have happened but I think the gorgeousness of this film comes from the fact that we follow it exclusively from Red's point of view Mm -hmm. and then that he didn't even tell Red his closest friend yeah his closest friend didn't know about this that's like the kind of person that Tim Robbins is yeah and I think that's what makes him shine as a character at the end when we find out when Red figures it out yeah you know, because I think the red that's, like, giving us a narration is not the red that got out of jail. It's not the no. red that's in jail. It's the red that got that's out got of out. jail. Yeah. And Tim Robbins has told us to yep. all the way till the end. Yep. But then, then the information is presented as if we're watching from the red that's in that's jail. That's still in jail now. So there's a really interesting sense of anachronism mm. that goes on with the narrator. The narrator knows more than you do. Yep. And you know more than the than red. he does, yeah. Because you're hearing it from the narrator. Mm. So there's, like, an interesting layering of information there um, that is really effective Mm. in this movie but is usually not effective in other movies Um, because they don't set it up properly they don't give you things to cleverly hear or identify or they don't blend the narration with the editing in quite the same way that this movie did there are a couple of moments when Red started a sentence in narration Mm. and then the cut would end the sentence with another person finishing it Mm. Um, happened a couple times at the warden. It was a good transitional scene yeah. that let you know that what was happening right now is what he was telling you. And then those two inf- pieces of information are linked. It's still happening. Yeah. And uh, the fucking genius. Oh, yeah. It's fucking genius. If you're doing narration, Shawshank Redemption is an amazing resource to understand how to do it properly. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Definitely. There was, there's a, there's a part where you see that book, the, uh, the Count of Monte Cristo part. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. Besides the, uh, the dumbass joke. Dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> they, they made a whole commercial out. It was like, uh, in the late nineties, there's a, uh, there's a boss or whatever. He's, he's coming in for an interview and on his name t- uh, plate, it says Dumas, mm-hmm. you know, but the guy comes in and is like, how you doing Mr. Dumbass? You know, it's like, they, I feel like they just ripped it completely from this movie anyway. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the guy's like too ignorant to know that it's, um, Alexander Dumas and, uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, what I'm trying to get to is um he's like you don't know what it's about it's basically it's about um breaking out of jail mm-hmm. you know and then it was like shouldn't we file that under educational <laughs> and then i was like ding ding advertisement you yep. know this movie because like if you never you don't know anything about it you don't know that this is a prison break movie nope. you know it's like it doesn't look like a prison break movie no 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 yeah. right until he breaks out of fucking prison yeah yeah and not like when he's breaking out of prison nope. 
when he has broken, broken out. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. oh, that's what's happening. Okay. It's just like, all right, well, he's gone now. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. But yeah, it's, it, it made me appreciate it so much more as a book. Like, like I was saying mm-hmm. in the beginning, just because, like I said, how detailed it is. There's so many details in it, and as a book, I, I have to imagine that it's just that much better. But uh, this is one of my my favorite adaptations of a book that I've never read into right. a into a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I really be interested in reading the book after watching the movie because yeah. I think like. As a movie, it works amazingly well. Yeah, I know that there's been a lot of other stories that Green that uh, Stephen King wrote, like Green Mile, that yeah. did amazingly well as films. Yep, same um, director. Oh, really, Frank Grimmel? Yeah, that they worked. They worked together on both of them. Yeah, yeah, that makes fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that the like adapting the thematic. Because I think when you do an adaptation from a book to a film, yeah. the important thing is not necessarily the content of the book. Mm. It's more important that you get down the thematics yes. that are in the book, mm. and then presented. In a like an abridged context, you mm. know, but those thematics have to carry on through. Yeah, yeah. And I think that like just watching as this movie exists, and then knowing that Frank Darabont also did the Green Mile, and knowing all that information, mm. like there's no doubt in my mind that the thematics in the book and the thematics in the film are at the very least congruent, if not the same. Yeah. Um, and that's that's an amazing feat of screenwriting. Yeah. Because communicating a 500 page book in a two and a half hour movie. It's Oof. wild. And yeah. also, it's not easy to make a two-and-a-half-hour movie interesting. You're damn right. Especially <laughs> yeah. when an hour and 40 of those minutes are spent, it's just people talking. Yes, yeah, not a lot of action. Not a not lot of action. Mm. People talking. Yeah. Um, the passage of time, I said, was really good. Mm. What I really liked that it was never literally, like it was never always, it was always, fuck, English is hard. It was never, all, double yeah, negative. It was, <laughs> just, just it was never presented as an absolute. Okay. It was always a suggestion of time. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. Okay. It was always just like, well, this may have happened in two years. This may have happened in Three, six years. You did not really, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, it was never an absolute yeah. projection of time, which is interesting because I feel like in prison, you would want to track the absolute nature of time. Yeah. But it just speaks to the fact that these characters have been there, they're sentenced to life. Forever, There's yeah. no concept of time for No. Them. They don't mm. care. <laughs> no, been here ten years. Been here twenty years. What do you think about that? Uh, that last speech from uh, from Morgan Freeman at the end, like, because um, we see through the different acts in the movies. You know, in the first act, they have him up for parole, and then he's um, he, you can tell he's acting so like as an actor. Get let's get meta. You yeah. know, but the, the, <laughs> the actor Red is acting when he when he goes in there to um, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm rehabilitated. No. Sure am. You know, God's I'm God's honest truth. <laughs> yeah, not not a, a harm to society at all. His mm. eyes are wide, and he's just like trying to sell that. Thing, mm-hmm. You know, in the first act, in the second act, up oh, he's back up for parole again, clean shaven, not a not a piece of stubble anywhere. He's out here still ready to do it, but he's not as in- energetic about it. He's yeah. just reading the script, you yeah. know, basically, yeah, lethargically reading the yep, script. Yep. And then the third time in the third act, when he gets to the script, he's like, you know what, fuck the script. <laughs> yeah. I don't even give a fuck about that script. Like y'all sure. don't care. Like he, you know, and he's just real. And then that reads through, you yeah. know, that you're not trying to be that. Hear, say what you want to hear. Hear what you want to say. Type shit that I, I, I love that. That was that was my favorite Morgan Freeman moment mm. in the in, in the movie. Yeah. It's that speech because yeah. it was a monologue of just going like rehabilitate. You don't give a shit. You don't about rehabilitating me. <laughs> no, I just want to go to work and you know and just keep me in here and like that moment of honesty, mm-hmm. which is entirely brought on by the fact that now his best friend is gone. Mm-hmm. He's really realized that there's nothing in that prison jail for him. Yeah. But there's also no reason for him to not want to go out. Mm. So I think that he knows that he's going to stay there, so he's just going to fucking be honest about it, which is something that Tim Robbins' character always carried with him, Mm -hmm. a sense of honesty. He never 
really lied to anybody. No. He just never told people some things, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, like, and whenever he did talk, he always spoke his mind. Yeah. You know, like, even from the very beginning, the, oh, yeah. what was his name? You know, like, does anybody know his name? That, I love, yeah. I love how that was shot. Mm-hmm. Like, but just, just because, like, like he, that's the first time that he says anything amongst the group. And then uh, Red, Morgan Freeman just kind of looks over at him for the first time, just kind of sizing him up. You know, it's like you didn't, add, you, you, you haven't said anything. Why did you choose to say something right now? Why is it the person who died, why is their name important to you? Right. It was just like the sizing up of him. I mean, it's, it's just shot so well because you could have just really? had his reaction shot. I mean, his reaction to it, not even in the frame at all. Yeah. You know, but um, I, I love how that shot. I, I do. I, the way that this movie shot is very, first of all, it's very pleasing. Mm. And it's very, this is a 1994 movie. It's very 90s in the way that there's a lot of, um, I call them slide cams, which is like the camera starts in one position that slides into another. I don't call it a tilt or a pan because it depends on on whatever direction it goes into. But I call it a slide. Where the camera starts in one shot, Mm -hmm. establishes a shot, like in a close-up of the chessboard. And then it backs up and then slides into Morgan Freeman's um, single. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a uh, director that does that a lot. I can't think of his name right now, but yeah. yeah go ahead. So that kind of that kind of filmmaking, is, I think, was very prevalent in the in the in the movies in the '90s. There's not a lot of flash. There's not a lot of style. Yeah. But like, I like that because it's not about the style or about the flash. It's about the relationship between these characters. Yeah. And a lot of the time, these characters are shot in singles when they're at conflict. They're shot in in dirty over the shoulders yeah. when they're communicating effectively. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of, like, really cool moments of cinematography that let you know um, what's happening relationship-wise with those characters. Yeah. And, like, the scene in the when he asks what's his name is a really great example because Tim Robbins is sitting just outside the edge of that Right table, outside the circle. Just yeah. outside of mm-hmm. that frame. And now the group takes predominantly, takes most of the frame on the right yeah. side. So he feels kind of claustrophobically trapped and excluded mm-hmm. on the left side of the frame fucking genius yeah. i love it i love it it's very simple thing yeah. but it's one of those things where like unless a director would have not even shown you that wide as effectively yeah huh. he would have because you can show it dead on and you'd see that he's on the left of frame but yeah. like tilting the angle like 30 degrees in so that the camera is lining with the corner of the table yeah you really feel how oppressively excluded he, he is, is from the, the group. group yeah and those are the tiny little details that I absolutely fucking love yeah. about this movie. I mean, there there were no loose ends. Like I couldn't no. like. There's not things that I can pick apart. Like even when the um, like some movies when when you got the guy that comes in, the young guy that they they really mm-hmm. loved, Tommy. At, Tommy, yeah, that uh, that ends up dying. A lot of movies you'll get where they'll just throw something in because they're trying to get from point A to to mm-hmm. point C, and they just in their point B, their connector is just kind of shitty and full of holes. Mm-hmm. But even with this, it's like. It makes sense. It goes in together, you know, because if he doesn't show up, you know, and then and they're also saying like, hey, I've been through so many jails before through juvenile, through everything. I'm just going to jail here, there, year, year, here, year, there. I've seen a lot. So he actually he's heard some stories. And that's one of the stories he heard is the murder of Annie Dufresne's wife and lover. Lover. Yeah. And um, because of what Andy Dufresne, he's made himself so valuable to the uh, to the prison, and he's working so closely with the warden, and he has so much like bad information on the prison and yeah. the warden. They don't want him to go free for any reason whatsoever, and they eventually kill Tommy, who's built a bond with like, and that's that's what gets him killed. Like that he, was a, that was a real sad thing about Tommy. Yeah, the fact that his relationship with Andy Dufresne is what gets him killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like um. Sheesh! Like it, it may, it, I hate to get biblical, but it, it, that's what it, it made me think of, like some biblical shit, to where it's just like, um, 
um, shoot, you're gonna make me think about. Is it Peter? Uh, I believe it was Peter. Yeah, uh, that Peter denied Jesus. That denied, yeah, denied yeah. Jesus three times. Yeah, and it was like he's like, nah. It's like I'm not denying. You know, this person like he helped me get my education. Mm-hmm. You know, first thing. So it's like, would you would you uh, stand would you stand on the uh, would you put your hand on the Bible and uh, in court and and say this? He's like, I absolutely, absolutely. would. All right, bow. You're yep. dead. I'm like, whoo. But also, I like the and this is a an aside. The juxtaposition between the judges, another judges, the wardens, like biblicalness or biblical quality to mm. him, where he's like a very man of God, yeah. And the fact that he knows Bible passage and he's got one in his office, and yeah. then the corrupt sort of mentality that he carries with him. Yeah. Like there's, there's also there's a commentary there that I find really fun. Definitely is. But there's an interesting thing about the character where the character never curses. No, not at all. Yeah. The character sounds ridiculous mm. because he's avoiding curses. curse words, yeah. Like he said, move your butts. Like, what are you talking about? Yep. And, and like he says, heck, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So this is a man that will in cold blood shoot another man to oh, keep yeah. his self-interest, but he won't say fuck. Nope. And he won't say yes. Nope. And I, and, and I think that's a really interesting commentary yeah. on what corruption looks like at the political level and on the sort of like, Corruption at the religious level, at yeah. the moral level. I think just that one character in himself is very emblematic yeah. of those things. And there's also a biblical man mm. who, by extension, we should assume that he knows that if you kill yourself, it's hell immediately yeah. for you. Yeah. Who, at the end, very much killed himself. You know? What was... Uh, it's a little too much to like. It's too much psychology to drive into, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you, did you see right there? Is um. So he, he loads the gun, mm-hmm. and immediately he points it at the door. Right. And then he thinks about it for a good three seconds, and then just turns the gun on himself, yep. and just getting into that where you're saying like he very much knows the Bible, mm-hmm. you know. So he knows what happens when he kills himself, as far as his beliefs. Right. You know. So it's like he he chose to make the decision. We got the three seconds of screen time of contemplation before he does it. So what in his mind? Being alive would be, I, I guess, being a fraud and fine, you know? Because being alive would put him in the same place As that he's been everyone. treating everyone mm. else around them. Yeah. And for a man with a superiority complex, that is literally worse than death. And and, <laughs> and I love what they, they said yeah. about the other captain. There was somebody, he was cr- like literally crying. Yep. <laughs> the hardest, toughest guy who's out here whooping his everybody ass. But they say Captain Harvey sobbed. <laughs> <laughs> yup, his ass was crying. It's like every character. Has, like there's a thing in movies that I find really am- amazing, mm-hmm. and it's when like your main character and your your protagonist and your antagonist have an issue, yeah. and then that issue is mirrored across every other character and supporting mm-hmm. character yeah. that it is. So the institutionalization is mirrored, like the Throughout. fear of red red fear is being institutionalized. Yes, his fear is mirrored in Brooks. Yeah, and Brooks mm-hmm. dies like Brooks is what red would be, would be yeah. if red handled that situation differently. Yep. Uh, the warden and the captain mm. have their own issues with morality. Yeah, you know they're thematic with morality, yeah. and then but they also mirror the issues that Tim Robbins has with morality because mm. Tim Robbins was as straight as an arrow. Sure enough, and he even said it himself. It only took me going to prison to be a crook. Yep. So like now, Tim Robbins is struggling with that morality of himself, like mm. knowing that like, well, I'm doing this illegally. Yeah. I'm doing all of this nasty shit. Yep. So he could become the warden, and he could, could become someone like Captain Harvey. Sure enough, good, yeah. Uh, but he doesn't. He mm-hmm. moves past it. Yeah. So those characters reflect the moral struggle that Tim Robbins is going to. Brooks reflects the moral struggle that with Red that, that Red is mm-hmm. going through, and it's just a very nice way to make you sure that no, this is what the movie's about. It's yeah. about moral, psychological, and literal freedom. Yeah. And how to how, and how to get those. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that the, the movie has this commentary about 
like Tim Robbins didn't hurt anyone. No. Tim Robbins, I think it's it's got this it's got this thematic of saying that like you deserve your freedom as long as you don't hurt anyone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but also, like you deserve that freedom, but also that freedom could be the thing that kills you. Yeah. You know? There was there was something when um when he was he was in the um I think he only got two weeks um mm-hmm. at one point whatever he did at this point where he got thrown in the uh, the hole for a week or two mm-hmm. weeks whenever, was, for two weeks was the record for the record yeah when he when he came out for the record they um shit. They 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 ask him something before we run out. I can't remember what my point was with that, but yeah, I don't know what they ask him either. Um, but at that point, you can tell how valuable he was to yeah. the group yeah. because they go out of their way to work in the mine in their mining field. Oh yeah, to get the rocks so that he can carve his yeah. chef board, his chessboard. Yeah, um, which is a really great character moment too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a very delightful movie to watch yeah. it's very well structured very much yeah. very well written oh yeah very well shot yes very well sound designed i didn't, like, I didn't even notice that yeah, yeah. that's why it's so well sound designed. Yeah, it is like gorgeous. i've been harping on sound design stylistically over the last two movies that we watched because yeah. it's been eraser head and bun rocker mm-hmm. but like this is what good sound design yeah. looks like when you're trying to tell a drama it just blends it, yeah it just that blends was awesome so well yeah um the lighting was fucking was gorgeous like Oh, all yeah. the time, like yeah. the movie looked fantastic. It did. I there is not a single thing about this movie that I can look at mm. and just go like, I didn't like that. Yeah, you know, there are things that I think we could have done without, different. maybe yeah. or yeah. like slightly different. Yeah, but there's nothing that made me go like, yeah, that was a problem. Yeah, I really, 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 really like this. Movie. Me too. So what would you give it? Um, like nine point two, nine point two, nine point three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go for a solid like mine's a nine, nine like it's yeah. on it's on the same boat as in Bridges for yeah, me it's um, like how fucking well made it is it is um, so this is this is a fucking fantastic film oh yeah and it doesn't surprise me given the fact that it's been you know fucking classic for for years, years. twenty years um, and such, yeah. Oh, yeah so yeah so if you want to watch a good movie or if you want to learn about good filmmaking and direction yeah I absolutely recommend this movie. Mm. It's entertaining, but it's also dramatic, yes. and it gives you a really great moral friendship. Yeah. And, it, it, like, my favorite line is, like, it was Morgan Freeman goes on a long monologue mm. when it's explained the end when Tim Robbins got out. And he goes, talks a lot in the last line, but me, I just miss my friend. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, Morgan, why you do this to me? Um, great film. Great fucking film. Really enjoyed it. I, yeah, I think that everyone should watch it at yeah. least one time. I agree. Yeah. yeah. But... Cut and then cut to the... <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, guess we're going to cut to the television and movie premiere, so we will be right back. Yay. And welcome back. Television and movie premieres. All right. Uh, this week in television and movie premieres, Tuesday, December the 18th through Monday, December the 24th. Uh, the first one's going to be Friday, December the 21st. is seven days out. Uh, it's a reality show on Netflix. Uh, the Netflix documentary series looks at the last-minute preparations leading up to major cultural events. So, um, like the Kentucky Derby, um, New York fashion event, and a NASA mission. Who's that? I guess the NASA mission is inherently the NASA, more interesting. Yeah. I, I, I feel like NASA is inherently more interesting than all of the other things that I mentioned. As far as it's like I was trying to like knock them, but it's like the cultural events. Yeah. Like they didn't say important. <laughs> yeah. Right, it's I guess. Like, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, because like Kentucky Derby, that is cultural. You know, yeah. I don't find it very important at all. Yeah, I think going to fucking space is more important than a Kentucky Derby. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, whatever. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's seven days out. It's a reality uh, docu series on Netflix. It's Friday, December the twenty first, and the uh, the last show we got coming up is going to be the same day. It's called. You know Sorry, I just What's I just up? had a really funny idea mm-hmm. about a, a com- like a docu series. Mm-hmm. About making a docu series for Netflix, and that's then putting the docu series oh, oh. about making a docu series for Netflix on Netflix. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so damn metal! <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> like, oh, so the people making the docu series are making the docu series about a subject, and then my crew is making a docu series about, about the people making the docu series about about the other subject. Oh goodness! And, but then we take our docu series and we post it on Netflix. Okay, you know, but it's just an endless loop. Like, cause people are, cause it's an inherently interesting story. The more down the rabbit hole that you go, cause the guy's making the subject yeah. and I make a documentary about the guys making the documentary. Then the other guys make a documentary about me making the documentary about the guys making the documentary. I want to go so, down the hole with you. Let me get down. So, let me get in this hole. Let me get in this hole. <laughs> all right. All right. So, so we're super interested in like Capoeira. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. all right, we're super interested in it. So you decide that you want to do a documentary about that. Right. So, all right. So we got, we got in position, as position one, we got Capoeira, you know, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. which can be a movie that in is itself. The first lucky series. First, first thing. Well, that is not even a doc. Yeah. It's just, it's just a thing. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. And then Brian is going to do a docu-series on Capoeira, you know? Yeah. Gonna, and I was like, oh, that, that sounds interesting. Right. It's like, I'm not so much interested in Capoeira, but I am interested in film and i would like to film you filming that yes <laughs> i want i want to film you making a documentary about capoeira yep. and then seeing what that narrative looks like mm. because that narrative is inherently more interesting than the ben documentary that you're about making capoeira. but then so the guy that's filming me make the documentary another yep. guy goes to him he goes like i want to film you Filming, filming the guy making the documentary because mm. I think that that is inherently more interesting than you filming the guy filming the documentary. Oh, fuck. So now we just have a chain of fucking documentaries <laughs> going around and it's infinite Netflix content. Yeah. Like it's oh, a man. fucking, like Netflix, like hit me up. Like yeah. you can, I, I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll give you that. I just need a check in the mail for a couple hundred thousand. Oh, spe- speaking yeah. of, I, I seen, do, have you ever seen the Jungle Book? Uh, no, I seen the animated. Yeah. Oh, I, I had never seen it before. Okay. I'd yeah. never seen I, I don't know any of the characters, nobody's names. Like, I didn't see mm-hmm. the new one with, uh, I think, John Favreau directed Mowgli? that one. Mowgli? Is that the one on Netflix? That's the one on Netflix now. Yeah. So that's not that's not the John Favreau. Uh, Favreau oh, the uh, John Favreau version? Yeah, yeah, that's not that. Okay. And, and it's not the cartoon original version. Right. All right, so, so like I said, I don't, it's, it was called Mowgli. I guess if you've seen Jungle Book, then you're familiar with that yeah. name and you know that that's the Jungle Book. Right. I don't know that. <laughs> you know, I just see that it just says Netflix original, Mowgli, and it has like a, a Indian kid on the front and a and bear I'm, and a bear yeah. or, or and I'm like okay and so I started watching it and I don't recognize this is Jungle Book for the first like 45 minutes you know and bro, man I still like I said I don't I don't know what the original Jungle yeah. Book is I don't know any of those stories but the movie that I saw that shit is dope that's what's good hell that's yeah awesome. cause it's dark man it's dark like there, there's only one white guy like I'm, I'm assuming every, most people know this story but the story mm-hmm. that I saw like the hunter the white guy he's there to kill um, whatever that the tiger's name is the mm-hmm. tiger is like the Mufasa of the thing right. or whatever but um, so, so the tiger's coming around and fucking it up for everybody so they got this white guy hunter and he's out here killing elephants and everything mm-hmm. and um, Mowgli he's friends with this albino wolf they're yeah. really good friends when there was a kid when, uh, when he goes into like the, the white man's area or the man's area uh, he sees the damn albino wolf on a damn wall. 
Oh, like the hunt, the hunter takes Mowgli in there and sees the albino head on the wall. Mm-hmm. Like that was his friend, and like he's like um ta- all taxidermied up and shit. Yep. And they got him to where he's smiling, like he's happy, oh, like the face goodness. on the wall. And Mowgli's like looking at his friend like that, like what the fuck? Like it gets dark <laughs> as shit. So he makes an agreement with the elephants and shit. The elephants come down and they stomp this motherfucker out. <laughs> they stomp him out, Brian. I'm like, whoa. It's like I don't, I don't like. That really makes me want to watch it because Mowgli sounds gangster. As I'm shit. saying it's like they, that couldn't have been going down in the cartoon. Like they wouldn't have shown like your friend dead, <laughs> smiling up on the wall. You making an agreement like most of us. Like you know how I like to see stuff. Yeah. It's like you see like the elephants come up, they kick the shit out of them, they circle right. them around, stomp what the dude out. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> do that shit. Like it's dark. It's dark. <laughs> yeah, the first movie is a fucking musical. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, the sure. animated that shit's a musical. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, there's still like so many. Like, if you try to pick the movie apart, there's so many problems. Because, like, why is this damn wolf and this hyena and this panther? Like, why, why are they? Why are they hanging out? Yeah, why, why are they buddies? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, somebody. Should One relationship something. happened. You know? yeah, yeah. Somebody should be eating somebody. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I kind of recommend. I kind of recommend it though. It looks oh, yeah. pretty good, and I just like dark stuff like yes. that. But yeah, do it, Mowgli. Yeah. But yeah, so we're making a documentary mm-hmm. about someone making a documentary about, about them making a document. Like, yeah. So our documentary is about someone making a documentary about something. Yes. And then we're just market that market it that way. We're the documentary about the documentary. Yeah. And we just call it like Doc and Doc. Doc and Doc yeah. and Doc and Doc. Yeah. We just keep aggregating. Just keep. Just, yeah. <laughs> next thing after Every next, season, yep. someone releases a documentary about the documentary that we yes. did previously. And then we just keep the fucking chain rolling. Holy shit. And we'll honestly, that's, and that, that sounds like an amazing like parody commercial for yeah. like Netflix docuseries. Oh, yeah. And I'm be damned if I'm not gonna fucking write that down because <laughs> that's genius. <laughs> that would be so crazy. Anyway, what's next? Um, that was all for television. We got a few movies coming out this week. The first one is Second Act. Uh, it's a PG-13 movie with a 103-minute runtime. It's a comedy romance. The rundown is a big box store worker reinvents her life and her life story and shows Madison Avenue what street smarts can do. Um, huh. It stars Vanessa Hudgens. Shout out to Vanessa Hodgins. Uh, Jennifer like Lopez, Leah Ridney. I don't know who Re- Leah Ridney is. Uh, she's the uh, the lady. She we we were talking about her last week about a um. She was in Scientology and oh, now she's okay. like going around talking about how it sucks. Yeah. So yeah. That was her. Yeah. Got you. But uh, she's she's in it and uh, Jennifer Lopez and Vanessa Hudgens. I just recently seen Vanessa Hudgens in um on hot the show on Hot Ones. Hot Ones, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen her, but she's so hot. <laughs> she is. She is. I got she's she's not been on my radar like but yeah, yeah she's I used to watch her in Victoria Justice. Um, oh, that was Disney Channel, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, yeah, Disney yeah. Channel. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Not Super yet. talented lady. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, Hot uh, Ones is a great show, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah I like it. Fucking great. I like it. It. The Bill Burr episode was fantastic. Oh yeah, I just seen that. Just seen that one. Yeah, it's just like he asked him a question while he was he just hit a hot wing. You expect me to answer that right now? <laughs> Bill Burr just went like fuck your question. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. I'm going to answer another one. <laughs> All right, that's a second act with uh, Jennifer Lopez. The next thing is Mary Poppins Returns. It's a PG movie, PG, 130-minute runtime, adventure family movie with a 67 meta score. Decades after her original visit, the magical nanny returns to help the bank siblings <laughs> and Michael's children through a difficult time in their lives, uh, starring Emily Blunt. Is that fucking, did you say Mary Poppins? Mary Poppins Returns. Is that Returns. what I just heard? Yeah. Mary Poppins Returns, though. Fucking oh so it's, wait so is it a sequel from the original Mary Poppins? Um, I guess I didn't see the original, so I did see it. It's a, it a, it a weird movie, man. It's mm. Some weird British shit. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Yeah, Mary Poppins fine. back. Is she, so Mary Poppins, fucking Emily Blunt, is yeah. what's happening? Yeah. All right. I can roll with that. Right. I can rock it. Some Christmas action. Oh, uh, we got two movies left. And surprise. <laughs> well, you got two movies? We ran out of Tally Show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk to oh, you. Oh, fuck. Yeah, the two, these two movies are left, and both of them look like super shit to me. <laughs> but one of them I may actually see now. Which is? But I, all right. So the first one is Aquaman. Oh, yep. Aquaman is PG-13. It's a 143-minute runtime. It's an action fantasy movie. has a 53 meta score right now. Uh, the rundown is Arthur Curry learns that he is the heir to the underwater kingdom of Atlantis and must step forward to lead his people and be a hero to the world. Wait, why the fuck are we getting this plot after Justice League came out? Exactly. Like Exactly. No, DC <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, we're past that. But yeah, starring Jason Momoa, Amber Heard, William Defoe, yeah. and Patrick. Like Wilson. that should be the plot about how someone tries to overthrow him as king. Yeah, like that would make sense. Why are we getting like an origin story when yeah. we've already seen you so much farther past that? Like, yeah. Whatever, yeah. What? DC, do your thing. Like, yeah. Yes. Fuck but yeah, that's the movie I won't be seeing. Yep. But I, I was looking forward to it like months ago when I before I seen the trailer. Yeah. That trailer just looks so CG'd and, and so it, generic. Yes. Like I can't. Yeah. I can't do it, man. It's like no. I fucks with Jason Momoa though, but yeah, Jason Momoa is really good. He a beefy boy. Oh yeah, he is. The, and the movie that I, I assume is going to be super duper trash and would never see, I may see this. Not in the movies. Bumblebee. <laughs> it's like, I thought this would, I, I thought I would see like a meta score of like 20% yeah. on this. And I'm just like, I'm done with Transformers. Like, I don't, is, is this, is that Transformers? Is that what that is? Bumblebee? That's that, a Transformers spinoff. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was making yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. That's the uh, Bumblebee was the yellow Corvette. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, all right. So, yeah, I was. Camaro. Hmm? Camaro. Camaro. Damn it! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so it's like um, I, I was I'm done with the damn Transformers. Like I'm done with the franchise all yeah. the way and completely. Don't care for a spinoff, but I mean it does have a 71 meta score. Justin Theroux is in it. John Cena is in it. Also, different director. Yeah. Not Michael Bay. Travis Knight. Travis yeah. Knight. Yeah. So I'm intrigued. Me too. Just because I want to know what a Transformers movie looks like without yeah. Michael Bay. Yeah. Um, but also, I'm not. I'm probably not going to watch it. No, no, I'm, I'm definitely not going to the yeah. movies. But what I'm, what I am encouraged about is that, is like I said, this is a spinoff of Transformers, which just like, is there enough for a spinoff of Transformers for Bumblebee? Yeah, you it's know? Bumblebee's origin story. Like he's one of the biggest characters in the fucking franchise. Of the franchise, but I'm just but not like, about the movies. Just not just in the movies. Like also like in the oh, like comic the, books okay. and like yeah. anything that came. So people know about him. There's yeah, enough. People know about him. Okay, well, all right. Yeah, there. Um, it's like I, I didn't know if it was a cash grab, cash grab, or or whatever. But it's just like from I think reading. It's both. I think it's both. Like I'm, I'm thinking maybe they might not be taking themselves that seriously. Yeah. I've seen John Cena in a few things. He's not like a great actor or anything. Yeah. But when he's on camera, he's trying to deliver some funny shit. Yeah. So it's like I, they may not be taking themselves overly serious. So I mean, which is kind of the vibe that they need to go at this point. Definitely, because the Transformers movies took themselves so seriously, and they shouldn't have. Yeah. Oh my god! Didn't we have like fucking Optimus Prime like try to kill everybody in the last movie? I didn't watch the last. It's one. Just I stopped. like I stopped after the two. I, I stopped saw, the second when, one. when they when they brought in Matt Damon, like I'm good. <laughs> 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 I was like, like, God damn it, man! <laughs> Damon, fucking Christ! And everywhere, man. But yeah, that's that's it for television and movies. So. Yeah. Oh no, the bees are dying. Look <laughs> yeah. yeah. Matt Damon. Oh, Matt Damon, I love you so much. Unironically, mm-hmm. I unironically love him. Either way, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I get that said. That is a pretty shite week in yeah. general. Yeah, I mean like Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's like a whole bunch of Christmas specials and all of that, and just like, yeah. can we be done with Hallmark movies? 
Can we just oh, be done with them? Man. I want to send you this. Um, there was. Have you seen the thing on Twitter to where they say um, I forced a bot to watch a thousand hours or something? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. They, they have. I've seen a few of those, and there's one to where it's like I forced a bot to watch a um, a thousand hours of a Hallmark movies, Ooh. and then this is what they came out with. You have to read this thing. That's, it is hilarious. I'm sure it looks just like another fucking Hallmark movie. It's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing, and it's like I love those things, and it's like I understand that this isn't what they're feeding me. There's you didn't force a bot to watch a thousand hours. Right, like yeah, yeah. you are a creative person that wrote this. And you make me laugh. Like, okay, yeah. that's, that's, that's fine. Shout out to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Hallmark movies are going to be the death of me. Yeah. Swear to God. Oh, I'm yeah. done with them. I'm <laughs> done. Fucking have to watch one when I was in Seattle because, like, oh. my fucking uncles were watching it. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, just fucking, I'm done. Yeah, I'm I can't. so done. Just want to mm. burn the television down whenever I see a fucking Hallmark movie. Yeah. Hallmark or Lifetime movies? I, I can't do either the one. Same thing. The same yeah, thing. same. Yeah. yeah. I'm not doing just, either one. Just nothing makes me more furious. Mm-mm. That, however, I will work in one if they pay me. Sure. Like, yeah. I will love Hallmark. I will, love, yeah, love, I love those guys. What are you talking about? Yeah, Lifetime perfect. Hallmark? Love that. <laughs> love their movies. Respect all of yeah. it. <laughs> I'll fucking lift all your heavy shit for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great Miller content you got there, man. Yeah. It's, it's a great backdrop. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, mm. uh, I think, is this the last episode before Christmas? Or do we have one before Christmas? I think we got one more. We one got more one more, before yeah. Christmas? Okay, more. so I'm not going to say Merry Christmas. Or maybe we don't. Shit, I don't know, man. Yeah. Merry Christmas, right, listen, fuck it. <laughs> If it is Merry Christmas, yeah. if it doesn't, wait for next week. It'll yeah. be all right. <laughs> um, uh, you can find us on Twitter, underscore FFS Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, at the FFS Podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes Podcast app, Google Play Podcast. Uh, or Google Play app under the podcast section under the name for film's sake. We're also on Stitcher. Uh, we're pretty much everywhere that you can find a goddamn podcast. Do yeah. yeah. you listen to podcasts in that app? Search for our name. It's, f- it's fucking going to be there. Is there. Yeah. Uh, and my personal Twitter handle is at Brian Chia. I'm at T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. hey, and that's it for today's episode. We will see you guys next week. And uh, take it easy. Late.